And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First baptism. Ooh. The first part of this is a great way to remember the 12 disciples, by the way. Bartholomew, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, bapt. <laughs> That's a great way to remember that there's four. Then two Simons, two James, and two Judases. Get it? And then Matthew and John wrote a gospel. But we'll deal with that later. What is baptism? It is an outward expression of an inward work. So what's the problem with the different theologies? The problem is not because of the word. The problem is with people and their pride. So it has always been and always will be until the Lord returns. But why, Dave? Because people are more arrogant than we can afford to be, and needing to be right is more important than needing to be like Jesus. Don't you know who else thought that this was the right way to think? That would be the Pharisees. Ouch. Next, baptism. Baptizo. Bapto. uh, is the Greek word to immerse from dyeing a garment. There are three significant views on baptism. One, sacramental. Two is uh, covenantal. And three is symbolic. This falls under ecclesiology. Wow, I'm doing a lot of theology today. Uh, Which is the study of church practices, which we will also cover infant baptism and believer's baptism. These views, by the way, should never, I don't know if I can say that clear enough, never be a matter of fellowship, ever. Finally, we examine the four significant accomplishments demonstrated by Jesus when he was baptized. Why was the Father pleased? Plus, we venture into unknown territory by exploring the methodology of baptism. And finally, we offer a thought as to the conclusion of the matter. Will this teaching resolve everyone's disagreement? No. But it will help us walk together better. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oeve, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David, not King David, not Kind David, not Wise David, not Smart David. David at <laughs> hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. As well, you can call us at 972-445-0770. Now, when you call, 
972-445-0770. Don't be overwhelmed if you are shocked with goodness because you'll be talking to Amazing Jen. And when you talk to Amazing Jen, that's like connecting the dots on something good. And then you will become amazing. There you go. That's a good one, right? <laughs> Connecting the dots. Uh, okay, it was all right. Uh, bottom line is, if you have an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question, reach out to us. Let us know. If you've got a prayer request or a praise report, reach out to us. We'll do our best as brothers and sisters to stand together. Sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes it's easier for you to share than others. We just want to make sure you understand you have that open opportunity to engage with us for whatever purposes. We want to be a blessing there for you. We want to we want to listen to you. We want to laugh with you. We want to cry with you. We want to be Christians together with you. As we have one Father, when Jesus said pray out, Pray our Father, not my Father, our Father. We have one Lord Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of all of us, who believe. And we have one Holy Spirit from whom we drink and receive great strength as he abides inside of us, fulfilling the ministry of Jesus. We also have a trivia question. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in there. And uh, Jesus' parable about all the nations being collected together— they were separated into two groups. The first group were the sheep. The second group was what other animal? You know, when it's all said and done, Jesus gives this parable. It's like you just just think about this. It is it is rather an amazing thought. Uh, you <laughs> literally you know, you have this whole thing where the at the end of the world. All, all, all things are brought together, right? Nations are being collected together, and they're separated into two groups. Uh, the first one was the sheep. What's the other one? And don't tell me it's not a tad bit sad that everything comes down to either <laughs> one of these two animals. It's a little funny. Yeah, if you really knew that the Lord does have a sense of humor, you'd probably laugh a little more. Anyway, if you think you know the answer, you are welcome to reach out to us. We have people texting in already. You can call in at 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, david at org. So today's teaching is a very in-depth teaching. So I am going to be going kind of liquid fast. If you think I'm fast in the normal context, I've got about four hours of sermon that I'm going to try and stuff into a very small little box. That's not going to be necessarily easy, but we will do our best. Anything I need to be aware of, pizza? Okay. All right, let me start off with baptism. We're talking about bottom line to baptism, okay? Uh, baptism, bapto, to die or immerse from from dying a garment. So when you'd have a garment and you would take this garment, let's say it's a white garment, and you would dye it in blue, okay, putting the white garment in the little bucket and then getting it all bluish so that blue is everywhere, that's what baptism or that's what bapto means, Okay. Matthew 3, 13 through 17, uh, Jesus had his baptism. There were three significant, significant things that were accomplished when Jesus was baptized. Number one, 
he showed his dedication to the father's plan. Number two, listen, these are all, I'm giving you a ton of stuff at once, so hang on. Number two, Jesus's ministry was announced. And number three, Jesus gave us an example to follow. So Matthew 3, 13 through 17 says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, which was a good idea. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. There's actually four things that happen here. You're like, but Dave, there's three. Watch. One, Jesus showed his dedication to the Father's plan by saying, You got to baptize me, John, because it's how we're going to fulfill all righteousness. That's number one. Number two, his ministry is announced. The Holy Spirit lands on Jesus, and it's like, you know, you're thinking, you don't, you don't think much in those terms, but this is his presentation to public. Remember what happens as soon as he announces this ministry, he's going into the desert for the temptation to be, ten- to be tested, but he is now announced to the universe, I am in ministry, and here I am. Number three, he gives us an example to follow. Who doesn't follow the example of Jesus? If you don't follow what Jesus is doing, why do you call yourself a Christian? I mean, that's not logic. That's not, it's not like a deep, mean thing to say. That's pretty basic. But I love the hidden key that most people will miss, and that is a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The problem is that word well. That word well eliminates, or that well-pleased phrase eliminates the immediate pleasure from the immediate action. What it means is that there's been a term of time for the Father to be pleased with. What is it that Jesus did that he would please the Father for this term of time? Was it because he was a carpenter? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I mean, it's not a bad professor. I just don't think that's the key. Well, then what was it the Father was so pleased with with Jesus over this term of time? How about the reality that Jesus was deeply connected to the Father before any of this take, takes place? And you think, well, how do you know that? Well, you just look at Luke where he goes to the temple and he knows I've got to be about my father's business. He knew when he was 12, there's stuff to do. Got to be in this. Got to be doing the things of God. Got to be doing the kingdom stuff. It is my contention, and I would fight this to the end, and I would take a stand in this one. That Jesus was connected to the Father through the Holy Spirit. Ministry, the Spirit came upon him for ministry, but he was already born of the Spirit, so the Spirit's already inside of him. But that the Father was pleased with the connection between him and the Son. That's what he was well pleased with. And I'll tell you one thing that launches, if you really understand it, right relationship creates right ministry. And that's what Jesus did, and that's why the Father was pleased. 
In Jesus's parable about the nations being collected together and separated into two groups, the sheep were separated from what other animal? The answer is goats. So really, life all comes down to whether you're a sheep or a goat, whether you think that's great or not, or drive a Lamborghini or not. doesn't really matter. Either a sheep or a goat. Figure it out. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. there. It's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? (laughs) No. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. What is the David Spoon Experience? This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is John. Hi, John. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, and you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually having a, a wonderful day. And uh, you know, every once in a while, you get some extra time in with the Lord, and you just think, man, I can't wait to hear that trumpet. <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I just right. can't right. wait. What's going on? Huh? Yeah. You want to know the answer to that, I guess, do. Huh? I do. And so this is a good one. How many times did the boy who Elijah raised from the dead, how many times did he sneeze? That is correct, sir! You are right! (laughs) A little unknown fact from a lot of people that they might not be aware of is that actually he, uh, so after Elisha stretched himself out, the child sneezed seven times, and then the child opened his eyes, which means that he sneezed those seven times without his eyes open, which is like, wow, that's bizarre. It's like, how do you do that? I just thought about it that way. Yeah, it's like, how would you do, I mean, how do you, I mean... My eyes go in the back of my head when I sneeze. I just don't know how that well, Didn't, didn't uh, he lie prostrate across yes, him? Yes, correct. That is exactly well, now, what he I, did. I thought, okay, if he was sneezing, was he sneezing in Elijah's face? That's an excellent question. I do not have that answer, but I you have <laughs> well, to have sit to there and wonder. To find that one out, huh? Yeah, I mean, the prophets <laughs> went through a lot, although it... it <laughs> That could be a tough one. Excellent job, my friend. Excellent, excellent answer. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. All right. All right. God God bless. bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. (laughs) We roll. We roll. That's a great question that he sneezed in his face. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Okay, here we go. True or false, I think. I don't know, Jennifer, do you know where that little horn is, that special little goofy horn thing that we play every once in a while? Do you have that? That one that goes, 
If you find it, let me know. Just kind of wave me out because I, 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 it's not something I thought to bring up to your attention because I'm not that bright. <laughs> True or false? Uh, think about the horn, folks. True or false? In Mark 13, Jesus said that before the end of the world, there would be an outbreak of unprecedented global peace between the nations. Is that true from Mark 13? Is that true or false? Go ahead and play it, though, so they know it. That's fine. That's your only warning. True or false? There's going to be a breakout of unprecedented peace, according to Mark 13. Global peace between the nations. Is that true or false? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770 is the number. Uh, also, uh, the text, 214-210-8483. The website, David, at he must org. We will give Eric 100 points for making a quick correction. Let me just say that. Isn't that a nice way to say that? Nice quick correction, Eric. Good job. Uh, I got a couple of jokes. We'll see how they go. Uh, Jennifer uh, is a a buzzer. Because <laughs> you use the buzzer, right? So if it's a good joke, she'll let you know. If it's not, she'll let you know. Uh, here you go. Uh, before we get back into baptism, four women got into a terrible argument after much yelling, screaming, and pulling of hair. One of them called out, I'm on my way to the police to report you. The other three wanted to get there first. What resulted is all four women rushed into the office, each trying to be the first to relate her complaint. Charges and counter charges filled the air. The policeman called for order. When quiet was restored, he showed some of Solomon's wisdom and announced... All right, ladies, I will hear you one at a time. The oldest can speak first. Because <laughs> that is this case closed. Okay. I got three buzzes. All right, how about this one? This, this might get more buzzes. <laughs> Ready for this. One night as Al was watching TV, the doorbell rang. He went to the door and found a six-foot cockroach standing there. The bug grabbed him by the collar, threw him across the room, then left. Al picked himself up and phoned his friend Tony, telling the bizarre story. That's amazing, said Tony. The same thing happened to me an hour ago. This huge cockroach rang my doorbell, and then I answered, and he punched me in the gut. Al and Tony decided they better check on their buddy Vince, get his advice. When they finished telling their tales, Vince said, that's too weird, guys. When I got home from work this afternoon, a huge bug was waiting for me at the door. He hit me on the head really hard. I went, I think we better go to the police. This is not going well we got to get this settled. So the three men went to the local police station and reported their experience. The desk sergeant just shook his head and said, sorry, fellas. There's nothing we can do. There's just a nasty bug going around. <laughs> does, it, does it warrant a fourth? Oh, yes, it gets the fourth. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, <laughs> a nasty bug going Okay, true or false, in Mark 13, uh, Jesus said that before the end of the world, there would be an outbreak of unprecedented global peace between the nations. Again, remember, that is Mark 13 that we're referring to. Let's get back. Oh, I should tell you how to get hold of us. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. David at he must increase. 
Dot.org. Going back to baptism, a lot of teaching in this, and so if you're really unfamiliar with uh, baptism, this is the kind of message that listening to two or three times is probably not the worst idea if you need to use it on podcasts. The idea behind this is not to create separation. In fact, it's the exact opposite. I have really good friends in every possible denomination. I mean, you just cannot imagine how many different denominations. You want to know why? Because we all love the Lord. And some of us have different backgrounds, and don't you don't let stuff like this become a fellowship, but you know where you stand, and it's like you do your best to do that right before the Lord. You're not trying to be prideful on it. You're trying to be earnest, studying the Scripture, and making your best decisions, and so then you get this kind of message. It's a presentation of different points of view. Here are the three major views of baptism. It's sacramental, covenantal, and symbolic. You're thinking, okay, what does all that fancy word stuff mean? And if I really had a good answer, I'd probably give it to you, but I will tell you what I think it means. Sacramental is most often the Roman Catholic or the Lutheran point of view, and that means that the believer, uh, the the person who is believing that is baptized, that, that is actually the channel, the baptism is an actual channel of grace. In other words, the the baptism itself is a channel of grace. This is different, like uh, from like Church of Christ, which doesn't believe that that per se. They believe that it's a it's a proof or a demonstration of the grace, which is more the symbolic view. But the what sacramental view is it is the actual water itself that does the saving. That's number one. Number two. So I want you just to be aware of that number two. Covenantal view. Covenantal view believe that baptism replaces circumcision. So with circumcision in the Old Testament for the Jewish people, now it's baptism that replaces circumcision. So as you can see, now these are like super duper 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 bizarre. It's just like, okay, we're trying to figure out how the process works, which is totally fine to try and uh, uh, figure out. The symbolic view is the Protestant, most Protestant church views is they believe that baptism is an outward sign of an inward work. The the text that is most often referenced is 1 Peter 3, 18 through 21. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went to make proclamation in the imprisons to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few, eight in all, were saved through water. In this, water symbolizes baptism. This is what verse 21 says. In this, water symbolizes baptism that now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. So you look at that text and you go, okay, well, it's not the watery part. It's the inwardy part. And so this is why the majority of people uh, in the Protestant point of view look in that direction. And it says it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the rest of the passage. So in some of the Protestant denominations, they believe that baptism is the culmination of that faith of that inward work. It's like, okay, 
It's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. What's wrong with that? It's just understanding the difference between sacramental, covenantal, and symbolic. Sacramental is the actual channel of grace. Covenantal is the replacement for circumcision. And symbolic is the outward sign of an inward work. The big important element in some of that's going to be Romans 5. You see that just at the right time while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rare will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us while this, in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we've now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we save, be saved from the wrath through him? So it's difficult to pinpoint other channels of grace being outside of the blood from a basic biblical point of view. But again, you'll hear me say this a thousand times. If you make that an issue of fellowship, you are not getting this, right? Ephesians 1, 7, 3, 8, if, if in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. The biggest point that I try to make in, in understanding about baptism is baptism, the, any grace that you get, period, comes through Jesus. Period. There is nothing that you and I can ever do to make the grace of God due or required. It is either received or rejected. You think, well, receiving, that's a work. It's like, yeah, nice try. <laughs> it's like, it's my birthday. I receive. It's like, no, it's your birthday. Get over it. <laughs> Stop trying to make this up. And what they do is, this is not you guys. I'm going to say this. You guys are really good. Everybody's got different denominational backgrounds. They understand, okay, well, I think it's this or I think it's this, but nobody's you know freaking out. This is more the theologues <laughs> at the top of the hill who are thinking, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And it, it kind of sounds that way <laughs> because... Because everybody knows they're right, but none of them are right. Because only the Lord knows exactly what's right, and only he has all knowledge. Which would really help if we would kind of function that way. Uh, if you're a person that has a different uh, viewpoint than mine, mine is more of the Protestant view, symbolic view. Mine is more that baptism is an outward sign of the inward work. I have a strong commitment to the necessity of baptism, but I don't have the same level of commitment that many of my other brothers and sisters do. I just think it's very essential to demonstrate your faith publicly without a public public proclamation of your faith, you kinda you kinda getting into the thin thinner side of things. However, I do not believe it goes warrants all the way going over to say that a person cannot be saved. So that's the tension there that goes on there. Uh, you're gonna have to figure it out. Guess what? I'm not gonna give you the answer. Uh, your pastor shouldn't give you the answer. Your mother or father shouldn't give you your answer. You should get the answer by studying the scripture. That's your requirement. And then make those determinations. Again not a fellowship issue. All right. Uh, true or false, in Mark 13, Jesus said that before the end of the world, there would be an outbreak of unprecedented global peace between the nations. That is false. In Mark 13, verse 7, he spoke of wars and rumors of wars. Ooh. So that must be somewhere else. Aha. Aha. Okay. All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. 
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jonathan and David were closely knit, and David made a commitment to Jonathan, and Jonathan said, I, don't, I want you to make sure you're not going to take any kind of wrath or any kind of vengeance on my kids, on my family, on my uh, people, and David made that commitment. What I want you to get in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, is that Mephibosheth is an offspring of Jonathan, and he was crippled, or he was lame. He couldn't walk properly. He couldn't, you know, function properly. He was at a tremendous disadvantage. And I remember when the preacher in North Phoenix Baptist Church looked at his audience, and just to give you an idea how big this church was, it, it, the, the auditorium seated like about 5,000. So it's like huge, right? And he looked at, he looks around at everybody. And then he says this. He said, you are Mephibosheth. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> what? And he goes, you, and he, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, but he's just he's preaching. And he's a, oh, was he just one of the best preachers? You are Mephibosheth. You are lame and unable to walk without help. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our next trivia question. Get ready. Get ready. When Jesus said there would be no more marriage in heaven, who or what group was he talking to? Whoa, 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 whoa. I guess that was kind of like a Santa Claus thing. Uh, when Jesus said there will be no more marriage in heaven, who was he talking to? There was a certain group 
and they were uh, having this conversation with Jesus, and this was his response. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Plus, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Plus, you can text 214-210-8483. Say happy birthday to Lewis right now, even though his birthday is not till tomorrow, but Pre happy pre birthday to you, bro. Uh, just to let you know. Uh, additionally, I'm going to send you up to the website because this is the time that we do that. Don't forget, there's multiple podcasts. Don't forget that there's prayer requests. If you have, send them through the website. If you want to keep them confidential, it's not a problem. We will pray over every single one of them diligently. And then, if you have the opportunity to give, we want to thank everybody for giving. But giving is a big part of us moving forward. Please do so if you can. Check out he must increase dot org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Yeah, so the last time that I was riding a bike and the chain fell off, that's kind of what it sounded like. Just that right there. Uh, That was me falling on the cement. Was that? Was that? Okay. That's actually live recording of that happening. <laughs> and it happened more than once. I just want to point that out. It <laughs> was a few different times in my life. One time of which I stopped the cement with my head. Uh, here's the trivia question. When Jesus said there will be uh, no more marriage in heaven, who was he talking to? Uh, what group was he referring to? Very nice. Somebody just got a very good job. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483 on text. And David at hemustincrease.org. It is time now for history. Let's go You'll be glad to know that it is neither rain nor snow day. <laughs> I'm glad it's not raining. Yeah, I'm glad it's not raining. Re- it's not snowing. That's good. Although we did have something that I've never heard before. I have never asked anybody about this in uh, Texas since we've been here. But yesterday, last night, when we were letting the dogs out at 9.15, we had about 100 moths. Is, is that because of the 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 rain, or is that because? I mean, I know we have lights, but we've had lights for five years. It's not like new, and it's just like they were know. all over. Just They're coming to get you. <laughs> you. You're talking about the white the men in the white coats, right? Because that's. Ha ha, he he. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Neither rain nor snow. Celebrated September 7th, uh, commemorates the opening of the New York Post Office building on this day in 1914, James A. Farley Post Office. Uh, and that has the inscription neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these carriers from the f- swift completion of their appointed rounds. Except wow. for moths. <laughs> yeah, except for that. <laughs> you know, they did talk about getting rid of Saturday postals. Did you hear about that? They were going to try and get I have rid of heard it. that. Yeah. I just thought that was uh, rather interesting because to me, that's just one less day to open up a bill. Yes. <laughs> I thought that exactly. was Exactly. Well, uh, today is National Salami Day. Nah, I mean, pepperoni and pepperoni and pizza. But, uh, uh, this is, I have a problem with this, and you have to tell me why I'm wrong. National Acorn Squash Day. I have never even heard of it. What is that? 
That's just, just a type of squash, I believe. <laughs> okay. It maybe looks like an acorn. I don't know. Okay. Uh, 1971, the Beverly Hillbillies aired its final episode. 1998, I've told this story before. Hardly anybody believes me. There's only one person who knows how true it is. Google, the search engine company, is founded in 1998 in a private round of money. I had an opportunity to buy this stock, had no idea what it is, and just laughed it off. (laughs) Yeah. Do do you see why I cannot be gone to for financial advice? Could you possibly understand? You had a chance to buy a private round of Google before it went public? Yes. What would you do with it? Missed out. Nothing. That's why I'm broke today. All right. And then uh, last thing, 1968 on this day, the Banana Splits Adventure Hour made its debut. 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 Uh, and NBC, let's see. Let's see if you guys can remember the name. There's four names. Do you remember any of the names? I don't. Okay. I didn't either. Bingo, Drooper, Flegel, and Snorky. Legal. It's Snorky. <laughs> there you go. All right. Nothing but top-level entertainment going on here every single day, every single show. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you, uh, want to answer the trivia, we did have a trivia question, right? We did have one, right? Uh, trivia question. When Jesus said there'll be no more marriage in heaven, who was he talking to? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Let me give props to Amazing Jennifer for doing such a great job for uh, running the board. Makes my life a lot easier, and I appreciate it. Okay. Methodology. <laughs> some people are not going to like some of this, and it's okay. Okay? I mean, it's, it's okay. All right. So there is the immersionist and the pluralist. And uh, just very simple, the immersionist methodology, what do you think the emerging is, is emerging, immersing them in water. In other words, that's the dunk. It's dunking versus pouring, okay? The pluralist has the pouring or sprinkling, okay? The, the uh, immersionist, immersionist, I don't know if it's immersionist or immersionist, uh, they have the dunking. Technically, you're going to hate this, you could almost be uh, wiped out on both of these because the word has to do with the the action we know from the word of dyeing the shirt. But technically, it also had to do with spitting in somebody's eye. So in that, it's that it makes a huge impact. (laughs) So I want to say we do not support baptism by spitting. Okay, just saying that up front. And we are much more into dunking because it has a direct reflection of Jesus going down and coming up, right? We do not say that a person is unbaptized if it's if it's done differently and they grew up that way because I'm not sure that the Lord says, well, you know, it was only 62% water and I require 64% water, therefore they are not baptized. I am not at liberty to speak for God at that level. To me, it's like, why would you take the chance? Never mind. Down you go. That's it. I, mean, just, I don't know any other way. I mean— I don't know that God cuts it up in those little splits like most people do. I'm sure that's much more man-made. But if uh, somebody was – if you took a pail of water and threw it in somebody's face, that would be baptizo. Just, just so you know. Okay. 
I don't know if you took a squirt gun and shot him, it'd be the same thing. It has to be like an overwhelming, you know, like, whoa, whoa, kind of thing. And so, but around in most Protestant churches, dunking, dunking is better. You, you go down, the old man dies, you come up, the new man becomes alive. I mean, that's, I think that's more appropriate to what the idea is, okay? All right, here's where you get uh, some people not liking things. Infant baptism. Uh, here's the simple problem with infant baptism. It's just not in the book. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my problem. I didn't, you know, I'm not the one that wrote the book. It's just not there. No person who was baptized was not able to believe. In fact, in the text in Acts chapter 8, when the when the uh, eunuch asks what forbids me uh, from being baptized, uh, is the response in the Masoretic text is if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you can be baptized. So there has to be a belief system. I'm not real sure that a uh, two-month-old is capable of a belief system. And I'm also just that much more uh, uh, committed that a two-month-old has uh, nothing happening. If anything happens to that child, that child, there's no question where that child's going. If you think there is, and way too much legalism in your life, way too much, okay? Don't, don't do stuff like that. The idea behind this, though, is that we do, and most people do believe, in child dedication, and that is the Hebrew following that you would dedicate your child. Did you commit your child unto the Lord? And actually, child dedication is parental dedication. The parents are committing to raising the child a certain way. So infant baptism, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not in the book. I can't, I can't support it. You know, I don't. I'm not condemning it the way that most people do. I just, it doesn't. It's not valid. Okay, if you look at Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through twenty and Acts eight thirty-four through thirty-eight, believing is is an absolute requirement for baptism. This is no way around it. Those that that those that are disciples of Jesus, they'll be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the word, by the way, the word name is singular, even though it's manifested in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is another great testimony to the Trinity. So these three things, I want to recap because these are these practical matters that people get all uptight about. Uh, uh, the methodology of dunking or pouring. Dunking's probably much more reflective of what was going on. Certainly they dunked back then. Uh, does pouring invalidate? I can't say that. I'm not going to say that. I, I actually cannot say that. Uh, I just think dunking is the best way. If you've ever got baptized and you're just not sure, hey, here's a thought. Just get baptized again. Who cares? And you think, well, no, no, it has to be one and done. I've been baptized six times. If I get baptized six more times, I could care less. Every time I get baptized, I'm saying the same thing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's wrong? Come on. You know, I mean, this is the same thing that happens to all of us when you have a really good run in your faith and then you fall off and you have kind of a fall away. Then you get back to the Lord. That's called being born again again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you went through it, too. So uh, plural, dunking or pouring, I'm a dunking, not into infant baptism. I'm into believer's baptism because the Scripture is pretty clear. When we get back, we'll hit the most controversial issue because that's the one you want to hit and make everybody go, ooh, you waited to the end to do that. Like, yes, we did. By the way, the answer, uh, Jesus said there'll be—did uh, uh, we do that one? We didn't do an answer on that one, did we? Uh, Jesus said there'll be no more—who was he talking to, the group that he was talking to, when Jesus said there'll be no more marriage in heaven who was he talking to the sadducees and they were sad you see that's why they were the sadducees you're listening to the david spoon experience right here on kwam 770 
the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. When confronted by the unimaginable, look at how some of the Bible heroes responded. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when the Lord promised her a son in old age. Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord answered. That's Genesis 18, 13. Zechariah, priest in the temple, asked, How can I be sure of this to Gabriel? I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Luke, this is out of Luke 1, 19. In other words, God was saying, God can do this. Mary exclaimed, How are you going to do this? When Gabriel brought her that great news of her son that she would bear, the angel assured her, Nothing with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 137, the disciples questioned Jesus, and he answered them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26, the Lord reminded the prophet Jeremiah, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. Praise to him who is able. Listen, this is Ephesians 3.20. Praise to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Finally, when life just seems impossible, we can memorize and believe and agree with the Apostle Paul's conclusion of all his personal struggles I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is in Philippians 4.13. Darkness comes. This is from John Piper, this, this next statement. Darkness comes. In the middle of it, the future looks blank. But with God, nothing is impossible. He has more ropes and ladders and tunnels out of pits that you can ever conceive of. So wait and pray without ceasing and hope. I think that this kind of thought process, it's not name it and claim it, it's just believing that God is the God that can do anything is applicable for his kids to operate in when their situation seems impossible that we deal in the truth of the possible that God brings. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I like I like shows like this. I know there's not as much interaction per se, but I love teachings like this because it's like, hey, this is the stuff we need to know. All right, here's a good one in John's ep- uh, in John's book of Revelation. Boy, they a lot of words just to say that in John's in Revelation. Who's saying worthy is the Lamb who was slain? Okay, who's saying worthy is the Lamb who was slain? Okay, so there was a group that was singing that. What group? Uh, try not to think of you know some of the more classic uh, gospel groups. Probably not in the Book of Revelation. Revelation, the Book of Revelation. Who's saying worthy is the Lamb who was slain? 
And pow pow for Aunt Deb stepping up right away. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That'd be the text. And then David at he must increase.org. Who's saying? Who's saying? Who's saying worthy is the lamb who was slain? What what group was that? Thank you very much. Uh as long as people don't say, oh, it's the second chapter of Acts. Okay, no, 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 guys, no, okay. Phil Keege, no. Keith Green, no, 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 no. Liam Patillo, no, no, no. All right, uh, that's uh, your information there. We'll give you a chance to respond to that. Uh, then we'll finish up on this portion in uh, in the, uh, on this baptism stuff. So we talked about baptism. Uh, we talked about uh, the four things that Jesus uh, demonstrated in baptism. We talked about the three major views. So the four things, Jesus showed his dedication to the Father, his ministry was announced, he gave us an example to follow, and then the Father was pleased with him. The three major views, sacramental, co- covenantal, and symbolic— but remember, Jesus is always our channel of grace. Then we taught this last segment about the method, which is uh, either uh, dunking or pouring. We talked about infant baptism and believer's baptism. So we'll give somebody who's going to answer a trivia question. We're going to give them a chance to answer, and then we'll come back with the last couple of keys about baptism. Some of you are going to be like, well, I like this part. Well, I don't like this part. Like, it's cool, man. I love you anyway. Uh, let's have, go ahead and have that person send on through. Okay. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, Dr. David Will Rogers. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're better. I am better. Thank you for asking me, and I appreciate that. All right. This is a great one, okay? Because this, this, this is a song one. In Revelation, who sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain? Thousands and thousands and thousands of ages. Exactamundo! Correcto! Excellent job. Thousands and thousands and thousands of angels sang that song. As many many great bands as we have, I, I have a feeling that sound is a little better than what we all come up with. Excellent job. Did you know right away or did you have to think about it? Uh... Well, I was torn between the angels and the cherubims and the seraphims and the elders and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you chose but wisely. Frankly, everybody's going to be doing it. Exactly. I have a theory that's not uh, biblical but hilarious, and that is for the first million years, we'll all be on our face, and then stuff will happen. <laughs> you think it'll be that short? Yeah, maybe not, right? <laughs> it'll be yeah. quite, it'll be quite some time, won't it? It'll be whoa, how wonderful that's gonna be. Yep. Amen. Excellent job, brother. You have a blessed day, sir. You too. God bless you. All right. Great job. Our brother's so great. Oh, you guys are great. Okay. Now We've already done this recap. I don't want anybody getting uh, uptight, okay? There's no reason to get uptight about stuff like this. This is just, you're looking at Scripture. If we were in a Bible study, we'd just be going around the room going, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? Okay, so that's kind of thing. So here's the thing that I would have to say about baptism. So I'm kind of careful myself about declaring somebody saved or not saved 
in the context of if they've got a genuine faith or if they've got an, uh, some kind of active faith or fruit, I'm not sure it's in any of our places to make any kind of eternal uh, judgments. But if a person rejects Jesus Christ, that's entirely different, obviously. But to me, baptism is absolutely essential. But that does not re- put it in the place of being the same as critical. And by that, I mean this. So you're like going, whoa, that's splitting hairs. I know. Let me just explain. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 11 through 17, brothers and sisters from Chloe's house, uh, I've been informed that there are quarrels among you. Oh, there's fighting among you. What? Verse 12, what I mean to say is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Paul wasn't crucified. Were you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Okay, so before everybody gets on the high horse, which they always do, and say, I follow Christ, I follow Christ, you're missing the whole text because he says in verse 13, is Christ divided? That's the wrong answer, I follow Christ. Not following Christ is the wrong answer. It's the I part. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Cephas. I follow Christ. The answer is we, not I. And so he goes, is Christ divided? What, are we splitting them up now? What, what? You don't split them up. Was Paul crucified? Christ Everybody's going to follow Christ who's a Christian, but stop thinking in the I category. He says this, I thank God I did not baptize any of you except for Crispus and Gaius, so no one of you can say you were baptized in my name. And then he goes, oh yeah, so he remembers. Oh, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom or elegance, lest the cross of Christ should be emptied of its power. This entire context is about people fighting with one another, and he's talking about gospel, baptism, salvation, and and people splitting apart into little splinter groups. And he's like, will you guys stop it? The First Corinthian church is well known for being immature. And that's what they were. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I acted like a child. I thought like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Like Paul's like going, can you give me a break? I mean, you guys are great. Can you stop doing the weird stuff? And so that's a big part of us to understand. You know, when you get back to that Luke text, Luke 23, 40 through 43, the other criminal rebuked him saying, don't you fear God since you're under the same sentence? We're punished justly for we're getting our deed, what our deeds deserve. This man's done nothing wrong. Jesus, he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into the kingdom. Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Some people say, yeah, well, you didn't say heaven, see, so that's not the new covenant. It's in the New Testament. What do you mean it's not in the new covenant? It's in the book. You can't get any more new than the new. That's really the new. (laughs) I'm just saying. So it's like, oh, stop. If you're a believer, should you be baptized? You bet. If you didn't get baptized and you die on the way to getting baptized, are you going to hell? No. Come on. Should you do what you're supposed to do? Of course. Of course, there's a few people we need to talk to, myself included, about having one less Big Mac. That's important, too. But the point that I'm trying to make is keep it in its right place. Nothing that we ever do has the same level as the grace that's been offered to us through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Ever. 
And if you want to really, if, you, if you're not sure, I encourage you to get baptized. I think it's great for people to get baptized. Noah's been baptized four times. I'm at six. I'm telling you, I'll probably hit 10, maybe 12. I hope so. I think it's great to make a public proclamation that I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. How can that be bad? Well, you only need it once. The problem with that is it's, those are the same people that say you only need to read the Bible once. I've read the New Testament over 120 times. I got a message for you. You need to read it more than once. That's my response. Because the deeper in you go, the more you go, I know nothing. That's what you figure out, okay? So what I want it to be is an opportunity for you to process and use it. But don't use this as a point of division. Use this as something to, to bless and to encourage one another. You have brothers and sisters that are always going to think differently. Uh, and I've told you famously that Ray, one of my best friends in the world, Ray was a very committed premillennialist. He was very, very committed. He knew I was a manifold millennialist. We loved each other. I always said, I hope you're right. <laughs> I always said, oh, I hope you're right. I just want to hear, doot, doot, done. <laughs> it's like, it's all I want. That's not the issue of fellowship. As weird as it's getting out there, stand firm in the faith with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Love them just the way that God designed you to love them and reflect Jesus more and more and more. And so reflect the image of your Savior. Right? That's all. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget to get the schedules, thingies, or changes. So check out the website. Uh, we, it's the same address, hemustincrease.org, but it is different. Like, the website's different. And then we will be doing a little bit of promo for Josh and Cowpunch sites, so just be aware of that. That's going to happen. If you don't like that, then don't get a site. There you go. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.